0: Welcome to My Name is Daryl. And I know I've been gone for a while, and while I've been gone dealing with my own creative issues, a lot is going on in the world. A lot has changed, and a lot has remained the same. So today I don't really have time, nor am I in the mood, to play music before the podcast, during the podcast, or even after the podcast. So today you'll get me. You hear my voice, you hear my opinions, And you'll hear my views. And I hope that this is a way for me to get out how I feel. And there's also a way for you to understand how some of us feel. With that being said, I tried to come up with some really good analogy. I tried to get back to the way that I first started this podcast with the bubble gum theory or the bubble theory. And I failed to do so. I wrote. I think I wrote two pages of notes. I had this great theory that cops were like cool kids. That cops were in this group that was very small compared to the large scale of the school. That cops themselves were the cool kids because they never had to be held fully accountable for what they did. And I had some great story and... I promise you, some really great content as to how that all connected and really just brought us back to the fact that a lot of the things that we do today is based off of middle school or high school or really our childhood. But I, I couldn't. I found myself writing, and the words didn't quite go the way that I wanted them to. So this is what the podcast is going to be today. It's going to be a lot of raw emotion. It's going to be a lot of honesty. And I hope that you enjoy. So here it goes. Today is June 20th. It's a Saturday. And it's 2020. And it is 7.52 a.m. And I, I'm living in Winona, Minnesota. And over the last month and more, a lot has gone on. On May 25th, George Floyd, an American citizen, a 46-year-old black man, was murdered by Minneapolis police. Now, obviously, you've heard this before. Obviously, all of us have heard this before. And if you haven't, then welcome to the party. I've said before that this podcast isn't political, but I'm black. And it's not about race, but I'm black in America, so you know what it is. But I think right now it it speaks. It, it's more true than ever. I refuse to watch that video of a black man getting murdered. And I don't judge anyone who has watched it, but I just want to go over a few things with you all. The world didn't start burning and people didn't start protesting just because George Floyd died. The world didn't start burning and people didn't start protesting because George Floyd was a criminal and we made him into a martyr. The world started burning And people started protesting because a system that is in place has never been brought to the table and fully resolved. The systemic racism that lives in America, that America was founded upon, that is intertwined in the fabric of this country, has never and probably never will be fully brought to the table and fully examined. Brianna Taylor Brianna Taylor was a 26-year-old African American medical <clears throat> emergency medical technician. She was shot, she was killed. She was murdered by the Louisville Metro Police Department on May 13th, 2020. Three cops in plain clothes executed a a no-knock search warrant. They entered her apartment in Louisville and exchanged gunfire with her boyfriend. Now her boyfriend had a gun. Her boyfriend had a weapon to defend himself. The officers fired over 20 shots. Brianna Taylor who was in her bed, sleeping, was killed. Her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, was arrested and charged with attempted murder. The police officers were not. Now, as of about 23 hours ago, one of the officers... Brett Hankinson was fired from the Louisville Police Department. This isn't anything new. Not to me at least. Because there was a man killed in his home. There was a man killed in his home by a woman who was tired, she said. From her day on the force, Amber Geiger, Botham Jean was murdered in his home by a police officer that was tired and horny. She claimed that she went to the wrong apartment. She claimed that she did not notice that she was on the wrong floor. She claimed that she did not notice the red rug that was in front of his door and clearly signified that that was not her door. She claimed that she was so exhausted from the day, all of that just went out of the window. She claimed that once she put her key in the door and it didn't work, somehow magically the door opened and a man, a big figure, a shadowy black man was standing at that door. So she defended herself. Because she was terrified. Because she thought someone had in, was not intruding her home. But we found out that that was a lie. Amber Geiger, police officer of the Dallas Police Department, lied. She was not tired, she was horny. She went to the wrong apartment room, apartment door, for whatever reason, probably because she was so horny. She was texting her other co-worker, another officer, about how she couldn't wait to see him. That she went to the wrong door. And I definitely understand if you're a little too horny, you probably wouldn't see that red door, Matt. And let's be honest here. If you've got a, you know, you've got a dick appointment, wouldn't you just be really freaked out when someone's at the door already when you open it? But we found out that was a lie too. There was nobody at the door. Amber Geiger killed Botham Jean while he was on his couch. She looked through the apartment, saw that the living room did not look like hers, and killed a man in cold blood. Amber Geiger set a precedent For what would come. And then we get to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. But before that there were even more. There was there was there was Eric Garner. Before Eric Garner and Trayvon Martin and everyone else, there was the Central Park five. Five black men blamed. Children blamed for a rape of a white woman. They were, they were framed. The Central Park Five set a precedent for what would come. That was in 1989. But wait, there's more. Before the Central Park Five, there was Emmett Till. Emmett Till was killed, hung, burned, they say, because a white woman lied and said that he tried to talk to her. Possibly tried to assault her. Emmett Till set forth a precedent of what would come. Now I could go back even further. Way farther back and show you that none of this is new. One day removed from Juneteenth And I'm still enraged. I'm still heartbroken. I'm still scared. Six people of color have died in recent occurrences of what looks like or what they're claiming to be suicide hangings. A man hung himself in the city square, a black man. That's what they say. They want to tell us that a black man was so frustrated, so depressed, that he went out and hung himself from a tree. That multiple men and women did this over the last few months. And I want so badly to believe it. I want so badly to believe that that's the truth. Because if it isn't the truth. If those people. Did not kill themselves. America will have a lot more to worry about than buildings burning. And protests in the street. I live in Winona, Minnesota. you'll hear me typing. I live in Winona, Minnesota. I'm from Wisconsin. What I would consider one of the most racist states, if not the most racist state in America. In history class, they like to tell you that the North was safe for black people and the South was not. The Northerners really didn't want slavery because they thought it was wrong. That's a lie. Northern states didn't want slavery because they could not keep up with the economic value of slavery. they were losing a game that they knew they had to win. Majority of those people did not care about slaves. They cared about their bottom dollar. Don't believe me? 1923, African-American circus, work, circus workers, Elias Clayton, Elmer Jackson, and Isaac McGee, were suspects in an assault case they were taken to jail and lynched by a white mob of thousands in Duluth, Minnesota. All because of a rumor that six black men had raped and robbed a 19-year-old white woman on June 15, 1920 in Duluth, Minnesota. The North. My state that I live in. A physician who examined her found no evidence of that rape. That wasn't the only time lynchings occurred in the Midwest, in the North. I'm saying all this to say that it's not safe to be black in America. It's quite honestly terrifying. I know some people who are white might actually think that, you know, well, you get the free cool card, that it's cool to be black. But it's not cool to be scared. It's not cool to actually be terrified of driving, of having to wonder if you made sure that every single light on your car worked, made sure that there was no possible reason to be pulled over. You even made sure the little sticker on your license plates was correct. You even made sure the light on your license plate was correct. It's not fun. It's not cool. It can be downright terrifying. Over the last month, I've been involved in a lot of protests. And I live in a small town of mostly black, white people, not many black people. And I will give credit where it's due. White people can be allies. Because a lot of them showed up. And maybe some showed up to be a part of something that they just wanna say they're a part of in the future. But I I truly believe a lot showed up because they actually care. And that crowd grew from the first protest and it grew to the second protest and it grew to the third protest that was organized by someone within the group that I was with. To make the Winona area public schools disband, not disband, but my fault, dissolve the relationship with the Winona Police Department. Because for one, there's no need to have a cop in a school. The statistics prove it to you. And I'm not even going to go down the statistics, but they prove it to you. You can look this one up on your own. But also because cops in schools really only put more emphasis on black children, brown children, to watch their back It's a way to terrify you. America loves to talk about terrorism. But they never talk about how domestic terrorism is more likely, and most of the time, focused on terrorizing black people. White folks love to condemn and throw stones (laughs) at the Muslim faith the islamic faith but they refuse to point out and accept that their own faith their christian faith their american values end when it goes to black joy and black plight they don't want to talk about that that makes them uncomfortable Luckily, though, we were successful, and Winona Area Public Schools is dissolving their relationship, or I believe has at this point, with the Winona on Police Department. So there will no will no longer be a uh, human resource officer, or whatever they referred to them as, a police liaison. But they also did not approve, which makes sense, I guess. A budget change which is already written in their bylaws to allocate funds for a diversity liaison or plain and simple, if I'm being honest, a liaison that understands black kids and is a black person. Now, I don't think they didn't do this because they actually care about the money. They didn't do it because they don't actually care about black folks. I exchanged emails with these people they danced around the point. The point that I'm trying to make to you is, it's not safe to be anywhere in America as a black person. Because if they said the North was safe, we wouldn't have had a police liaison that was acting out towards black people and people of color, period. If the North was safe, we wouldn't have Duluth lynchings. If the north was safe, Orlando Castillo would have grabbed his gun permit the way he was supposed to and the way that he attempted to and he wouldn't have been murdered. <clears throat> I see every fucking day somebody point out That black people kill more black people than cops. Black people kill more black people than cops. Okay, we can have that conversation. I'm looking at a data pool. 2016 from the FBI Expanded Homicide homicide Data Table 3, Black or African-American murder for Black or African-Americans. So the amount of Black or African-Americans that killed Black or African-Americans, 2,570. Meanwhile, they only killed 243 white people. Now, keep in mind, these statistics are horribly tracked because the FBI sucks at doing their job, but they do track some type of data. So it shows you that what they're pointing out here of this black on black crime does not actually exist. But I'll get to that in a minute. White ra- race of victim, white perpetrator, white, two thousand eight hundred and fifty four per race of offender, my fault race of offender being black 533 so you're telling me that white people kill more white people than black people kill black people i mean the black people kill white people and black so what you're basically telling me is you kill who's in your environment which is more interesting and more telling because if in america segregation was supposed to be outlawed why is it that we're killing who's around you which is a fact You hurt, you rob, you murder, you steal, you rape, you do whatever to who is around you. So why is it that in America, if black people are so evil, if black people are so vile, why is it that this data table shows that that's not the case? The fact is that you kill who is around you. So white people are killing white people and black people are killing black people, which speaks to the part of this country is still segregated. I wonder why it's segregated. Well, we got redlining. We have covenants. This is something that I I recently learned about. I knew what it was, but I didn't have a proper term for it. But covenants, right? Uh, Racial covenants. What that is is when back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean the fucking 60s. Back in the day when, you know... Black people were, segregation was being outlawed and black people were allowed to go places. White people still didn't want us where they were. So they wrote in their deeds, racial covenants. Basically saying, you cannot give this house to anyone who is Asian, Oceanic, Asianic, or black or Negro, as they loved to say back then. And these racial covenants were upheld up until the 90s. And still to some degree can be proven that they still are upheld. Now, people will claim that, oh, we don't know these racial covenants. I've never seen that deed. But it's always interesting that these banks, these realtors, really do seem to push for black folks to stay out of certain neighborhoods. This isn't only in the Midwest, by the way. This is across the country. It's in New York. It's in California. It's everywhere that you go. Because the fact of the matter is, it's not safe to be in America and be a black person. It's terrifying. It's downright terrifying. A lot of people ask, well, slavery ended a long time ago. Or they don't ask, they say that. Slavery ended a long time ago. Why don't you guys just pull yourself up by your bootstraps? It must be a lack of of initiative that you black folks must not be trying hard enough. We can go there. Freedmen's Bureau Acts of 1865 and 1866. We're going back again. On March 3rd, 1865, Congress passed an act to establish a bureau for the relief of freedmen and refugees to provide food, shelter, clothing, medical services, and land to displaced Southerners, including newly freed African Americans. So basically what this is saying is, after slavery was ended, the full emancipation was put into place. In 1865, Congress saw that, hey, We have to give back and make sure that these people can be part of society properly. So a bureau was created. Now they were confiscating land from southern slave owners. Because see, the slaves had worked that land and made it into what it was. And there was plenty of land to go around, so there was no issue with it. So they had a plan. And I'm reading on very surface level, please I implore you to search this. But. They had a plan to allocate land to slaves, 40 acres and a mule. That's where 40 acres and a mule comes from. See, because they reached out to the black community and said, what exactly do you need to be proper citizens? And they said, we need land and we need the tools to work the land. And that was put into place. Now, I wasn't around at that time. So very well, the Freedmen's Bureau Act could have been a farce to begin with, but it doesn't seem like it because as you research it, you see that there were actual men trying to make this happen. They were allocating the land. They were taking it from the Southerners. But then we have the president that they loved to act as if was such a great president named Andrew Jackson who comes in and tears all that apart. If you don't know anything about Andrew Jackson, here's a couple facts. He loved to duel people Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson participated in more duels than the average man ever should. Andrew Jackson participated in up to 100 duels and lived through them all. Andrew Jackson killed Charles Dickinson in a duel. Andrew Jackson killed a man who accused him of cheating on a horse race bet and then insulted his wife. Andrew Jackson was a vile man. He kicked Native Americans off of their land. A federal judge told him it was wrong and he was so ballsy, so pathetic that he said, tell the judge to come tell me to my to my face tell him to come stop me i'm paraphrasing but he basically told the judge if you want me to stop you come tell me to stop and you come make me stop but i remember vividly in class they always loved to talk about andrew jackson i think i may even have done a couple reports on andrew jackson but he was a vile man andrew jackson was very much the average white american nowadays He was very fragile. Andrew Jackson couldn't understand that taking land from white Southerners was not discriminatory. And I promise you, he did say that it was discrimination because they were taking land from white Southerners and allocating it to black slaves who had worked that land anyway. He thought it was discriminatory. So he did everything he could to dismantle and get rid of everything that the Freedmen's Bureau Act even attempted to do. In a matter of a couple years. So the idea of 40 acres and a mule isn't just a joke, it was a fact, it was a real thing put in place. And I can't say it was a farce because I researched this for months and what I found out is that there was real action behind this. But what was going on is that the men that were were awake enough in their head, were aware enough in their mind and in their soul, didn't have enough power to put to action what was going on. Because in the fabric of America lives racism. And that racist fabric, that everyone loves to cover themselves up with is a lot of black blood. Is a lot of black torment. Is a lot of black pain. Almost everything in America is based off of black pain. Everything, almost. Even the father of modern gynecology, James Marion Sims, used black women's bodies, alive, with no anesthesia, to experiment and be known be soon become known as the father of modern gynecology because he didn't believe that black women could feel pain but you know that's interesting because black women often go to hospitals in intense amounts of pain and are told that you just want drugs you're not being honest So once again, the fabric of America that everyone loves to cover themselves up with in this country is covered in black blood, is made of black tears, and made of black torment. It is terrifying to live in America as a black person. So where do we go? Where do we go from here? Well... We don't, we don't. We just continue the way we're going because, and it's been said before, and I'm pretty sure I got it from a show, but it's not black people's job to end racism. It's not our job to fight it. It's not our dog. If your dog bites somebody, that's your dog. You have to put it down. Racism is white people's dog. You have to put your dog down. But if you sit in silence or you try to excuse every single action that does lead to black torment, you are only, and I really, honestly, truly mean, you are only, adding to the problem. You are the problem. So before I end this podcast, I want everyone to do two things. Ask yourself, are you doing this? Are you speaking about this? Are you breathing about Black Lives Matter because it gets you a dollar, a.k.a. every single game company? Activision, Blizzard, um, EA. You don't care about black people. Half of these companies don't care about black people. You see it as a way to get money. Same thing with the Quaker Oats. Aunt Jemima. We've been saying it for years. It's racist. It comes from a man who went to a fucking minstrel show and thought it was funny and then hired a black ex-slave to talk about the good old South. It's bullshit. But now you would change it because of the climate? Just keep the shit the same. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. But the second thing is, ask yourself, if racism is bad, and you know it's bad, why the hell does it still exist? I'll answer the second one for you. It exists because it puts people in place and gives them power. I mean, I'm be honest with you. If I was white and ignorant, I'd be totally cool with it. It's giving me money. It's giving me power. And yes, I'm aware, if you're a poor white person, yada, 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 you lived a hard life too. I'm not here to compare whose pain is worse. I'm here to let you know that we're in pain, that I'm in pain, and you need to help. It is a day after Juneteenth, and I'm still pissed off. Because I'm a black person in America. the moment you become aware of what the fuck is going on around you as a black person in America you will be in pain and you will be upset forever so to my brothers and sisters out there I hope you had a good Juneteenth I hope that you make it home. And I hope that one day we don't have to live in fear in our own homes, in our own cars, with our children, or with our families. I love you, and I'm with you, and remember, take care of your mental health, there's absolutely nothing wrong with not being okay, and I'll talk to you guys soon.